Let us acknowledge our utter dependence on the Spirit's work in our understanding of Scripture and the word by your prayer of illumination. Let us pray. Lord God, you have declared that your kingdom is among us. Open our eyes to see it, our ears to hear it, our hearts to hold it, our hands to serve it. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of the Lord. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One, of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for you. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Grace Covenant. It is good to be in the house of the Lord on this first Sunday after Epiphany. Today's gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, 21, and 22. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Listen for the word of the Lord. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, 
but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Almighty and everlasting Father, we uh, give you thanks for this day. Use me, O Lord, as your vessel to speak the truth. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. This morning, I will focus on verses 21 and 22. But before we explore those verses, let me set the stage for a better understanding of the context. During the time of Jesus, a man called John the Baptist was preaching about the kingdom of heaven. He encouraged the people of that time to come to the Jordan River to be baptized. He wanted them to turn from their wicked way of life, to fully repent from their sins, and to live a life for God. John told them of the great one who was to come. John's preaching was compelling, and all kinds of people came from near and far to hear his warning of judgment and the need to repent from sins. Many people came to be baptized, commoners as well as the elite. As we see earlier in chapter 3, John rebukes the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who heard his message of repentance and came to be baptized. John referred to them as a brood of vipers, yet the crowd pressed John. I can only imagine that listening to John's message of eschatological retribution created anxiety among the crowd, so much anxiety that they asked John, what can we do? They probably wanted a quick fix. They probably wanted to go to the front of the line to be baptized in the Jordan so they could be on their merry way and back to their old ways and habits before long. John offered a common sense approach. John's response offered love and compassion. John said, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. To the tax collectors, John said, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. He told the soldiers in that crowd, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations and be satisfied with your wages. In other words, treat others as you want to be treated. Just do the right thing. John's response created great anxiety among the crowd, anxiety that caused them to question if he was the great one to come, if he was the Messiah. 
But John told the crowd, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Those words are enough to fill the average sinner with anxiety. What does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire? Today, Christians are still baptized with water. But the water baptism is an outward sign of an inward reality, the Spirit's work in a sinner's life. The Spirit regenerates, giving us spiritual vitality. The Spirit adopts, claiming us as the children of God. The Spirit sanctifies, making us holy like Christ. The Spirit seals, preserving our faith to the end. The Spirit fills, equipping us for ministry. This is what it means to be baptized by the Holy Spirit and with fire. Indeed, the crowd questioning John had reason to fear the unquestionable fire. But thanks be to God that none of us here have to worry about unquenchable fire because through baptism, our faith is affirmed and we are blessed by God's love. Many people continued to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Can you imagine the scene? A huge crowd of people gathered on the shore. A long line of winding, winding down towards the Jordan River. John the Baptist wading in the water, baptizing each one in an endless stream of sinners. Then the next person in this long line of sinners was Jesus. I know John the Baptist must have been thinking, now wait a minute, Jesus? When he saw Jesus standing there, waiting to be baptized. I'm sure John was shocked by Jesus' presence. And the other people who were in line standing close by, did they even recognize him? Luke nearly glosses over Jesus' baptism by by merely mentioning it. Luke tells us in verse 21 that all the people were baptized, including Jesus. Jesus heard the message of repentance and came to be baptized. Jesus' baptism modeled what we are supposed to do. Luke may have downplayed the baptism of Jesus, but he emphasized what happened following Jesus' baptism. Luke tells us that Jesus also prayed, something the other Gospels omitted. How many of us take time during uh, major events to pray? How many of us take time to pray in our daily living and decision-making? Throughout his ministry, Jesus modeled the importance of prayer. 
Prayer is a divine conversation that connects us to God. For Jesus, he was so connected in divine prayer that Luke tells us that the heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. I want that kind of divine connection with God. I want that kind of connection that opens up the heavens to reveal what God has for me. Don't you want that kind of divine connection? All of us have the opportunity for divine connection with God through prayer. Luke continues in verse 22. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. What a marvelous revelation. As I studied this passage, along with the gospel parallels, each gospel provided a similar narrative of Jesus' baptism, with the exception of the Gospel of John, which was a, more of a testimonial. However, according to the New Interpreter's Bible commentary, Luke's account of Jesus' baptism is distinctive in a few ways. The baptism itself is not reported, but events that followed, including prayer, are emphasized. But what's so important about baptism for us in light of this passage? Why is the fact that Jesus prayed so important since it's not mentioned in the other Gospels? What is the significance for us today that God said to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, with you, I am well pleased. First of all, our baptism is important because it reflects the model our triune God set before us in Jesus' baptism. John the Baptist paved the way and prepared for the entrance of Jesus. Through Jesus, the kingdom of God and salvation are ushered in. But this can only be accomplished through repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Jesus' baptism is the indication for the new way of life through him. Luke says all the people were baptized and Jesus was also baptized. Even though Jesus was sinless, he identified with sinners and was baptized by John at the Jordan with all people. Jesus' baptism ushers in the beginning of his ministry, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Our baptism is important because it represents our sign and seal of our incorporation into the body of Christ. Our baptism represents our covenant relationship with God. When we are baptized, we are cleansed and free from our sins. We receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ. In our baptism, we die to our sins and are raised to a new life in Christ. It is by God's grace that we are extended the invitation to be baptized into God's covenant community through God's beloved son, Jesus Christ. Don't you want to enjoy the benefits of being incorporated into the body of Christ 
through your baptism? Oftentimes, we spend time, energy, and money participating in social clubs and other organizations that bring temporary security and satisfaction and a sense of, secure, of community. Baptism, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is lifelong membership in God's covenant community, where we receive renewal of life and hope for eternal life, salvation in Jesus Christ. Second, Jesus showed us the importance of prayer in our daily lives, not only as demonstrated as his, at his baptism, but also in sentinel events throughout his ministry. In the Gospel of Luke, prayer is, repeated, is a repeated theme. Jesus prays at significant times in his ministry. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and following tell us, During those days he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. And when he came, he called his disciples and chose 12 of them. Again, in chapter 9, verses 18, at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus was praying alone with only the disciples near him. He asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? Before his transfiguration, Jesus took him, with him Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Before his death, Jesus prayed on the Mount of Olives in chapter 22. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And on the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, and cried with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. It is no surprise that Luke emphasized in chapter 3, verses 21 through 22, that Jesus was praying at the time that the spirit came upon him. Prayer was an important part of Jesus' life, and as such, prayer should be a, an important part of our lives. Like Jesus, we must go to God in prayer for discernment when making major decisions. When seeking transformation or change in our lives, like a new job or healthy lifestyle, we should go to God, our provider. When we are challenged by major life events like illness and death, we should cry out to God in prayer. Jesus' prayer at his baptism and throughout his ministry models for us the importance of prayer in our daily living. Finally, it is important for us to know that we are beloved children of God and it pleases God when we seek God's will. When the Spirit rested upon Jesus, a voice from heaven said, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. 
two descriptors characterize the father's relationship to the son, the beloved and with whom I am well pleased. Agapitos in the Greek is the Greek word for beloved that occurs only two times referencing Jesus, including his transfiguration. Eurdokio is the Greek word for well-pleased, an attribute reserved only for God in the Gospel of Luke. It is God's good pleasure to give the kingdom to those who are prepared to receive it. The voice at the baptism of Jesus, therefore, discloses both the identity of the Son and the character of the Father. By God's grace, we are extended the invitation of baptism into the covenant community. Christ's obedience to God's will in the baptism started the ministry that would ultimately forgive the sins of the world and show us the love of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are the beloved children of God. Too frequently, we search for love and affirmation in, in a worldly sense. How many things or how many likes or how many hearts did I get on Facebook? Or how many hundreds of friends do I have? Or am I trending? Or do I have enough followers on social media? Worldly love and affirmation comes and goes like the tide. But God's love and affirmation is everlasting. When God does anything important, which of course includes everything God has ever done, it is the work of the entire Trinity. In Luke 3, verses 21 and 22, we see the Trinitarian cooperation in action. God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, was praying. God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, descended from heaven. And God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, pronounced his benediction on the Son. The Son prayed, the Spirit descended, the Father spoke. The good news for us today, through baptism, our faith is affirmed and we are blessed by God's love. Jesus shows us through the baptism that we have access to God the Father through his beloved Son. Christ gives us a divine connection with God through prayer. When we pray, we have the opportunity to open our hearts and let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us. And in our obedience to our prayer life, we have a chance to hear what God is saying. We are affirmed and loved by God. Amen.